Underneath the mistletoe. I was shocked that song's not in the movie. I thought it would have been a yeah. Very I don't think song. they had that budge. <laughs> but there's a lot. Of, there's like Phil Spector Christmas songs in it. Yeah. Stuff. Have you heard the Jackson Five version of that? And Michael's like, he, she did, and I'm gonna tell my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and you can hear Tito like, no, Michael, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want two Christmases. <laughs> oh wow. He's trying to kibosh the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Fright Zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. I'm Dizzy. I'm Hogan. <laughs> Dizzy Hogan. On this very jolly episode, we're talking about 1980s Christmas Evil, also known as Better Watch Out, also known as Terror in Toyland. It's the story of one man's fixation on becoming Santa and his ultimate descent into Yuletide madness. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's directed by Lewis Jackson, uh, and it was a labor of love. Um, took him 10 years to get made. One and done, from what I understand. Yeah. The one movie ever made. I thought he had like a short film or something maybe before, but uh, this movie kind of ruined his chances of ever working again, which is a shame, because I think it's really good. Yeah. You know, it's visually, it looks good. Interesting pace. I know it's early on in this, but did you watch the special features on that disc? No. I did watch, I watched the commentary with uh, John Waters. Okay. Well, the special features, they interview him. Uh He's real twitchy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's, I don't know, he might be on something. Well, there might be more than one reason. (laughs) At least he made one great film. I don't want like crazy over budget, but um, it definitely kind of slid around the radar. It didn't uh, test very well. Native preview audiences had kind of a small release. And um, even on VHS, I feel like it's not. Like, I feel like I've made a lot of people never heard of this movie still. Yeah. A um, lot of people put it out under different titles. Um, Saturn did the Christmas Evil. There's also a Genesis tape of Christmas Evil, but that wasn't out until maybe five or six years later. And then that Terror in the Toyland on Academy. Which has great box out. art. Yeah. Unlike um, the Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. What's up, guys? What's up with that? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people tried to repackage it, retitle it, figure out how to make it sellable and for some reason people just didn't want it well it's interesting because it's like i can definitely tell how it's like marketed like a slasher but it's 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 not really a slasher it's about a killer but it's a, it's something more i mean it's more almost like a psychological film you're you know? watching this guy go from zero to a hundred yeah like he's finally figured out that he is he needs to be santa claus i love it i love this movie um so, championed by John Waters and yeah, his yeah. favorite Christmas movie ever. It says the back of this box, I think. Nice. I just heard a recent fact that uh, I didn't realize that John Waters was actually at the Manson trials, and really, he was yeah in the courtroom and he uh, was witness to what? the one time, the last time all the members and Charlie were in the room together, and they were all had this made up language that they were babbling at each other. And I guess he like flew home or drove home after the trial was over and he sat down and wrote pink flamingos. Whoa. Like that's when he did that. So that's interesting. You say that because on the uh, commentary track, he, he talks about Manson. Oh, okay. Um, the, I won't get, I don't want to spoil what we're going to talk about. Think Christmas evil too much, but um, you know, like when he's like creeping around the house at night, Mm-hmm. He talks about that how like creepy crawl, creepy crawl. He talks, yeah, he talks yeah. about the man's in the creepy crawl and stuff during that yeah. scene. He's like in like goes in detail about it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this guy just loves Manson. He has a lot of, like, yeah, I like love little that. details. I love that part when he presses his face and hands up against the house to mark the house. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like that's awesome. 
Oh, so that's kind of that would be like a creepy crawl thing where it's yeah, like oh, if you absolutely. saw that on your house, you'd shit. So that's um, <laughs> when we get that scene. I'll talk about that. That has actual. Um, that's like a Christmas thing from Germany. It's more of like a Krampus thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, where he'd so mark. It's the like houses. marking the, the bad bad houses. Okay, for the evil spirits to give the bad gifts to. Yeah, I thought that was just a visual marker, so we would know that it was that shitty kid's house. <laughs> <laughs> like he wouldn't remember. Yeah, that it's not just the shitty kid. It's Oscar Garcia, and he's holding on the penthouses. <laughs> I guess we could just get into um, the movie then. I mean, we're we're all revved up, got that Christmas spirit. Um, yeah. Starts in 1947, and uh, Santa's just bringing some gifts to a house. There's a couple kids and a mom. They're having a great time. It's really joyous. He's slamming that milk. Mm, washing his hands. Yes. Eating the them cookies. With milk? Yep. Gives them, uh, <laughs> there's milk hanging off his mustache when he does that Santa bing. The, <laughs> the, the little wink. wink. Yeah, yeah. It's great. He only touches his nose, too. He does. He's like, yeah. Which he reprises later into the little mirror. Yes. I also like they kind of saw Into the Future. Like, this was very COVID-friendly. Like, they had a bowl for him to wash his hands in before he ate cookies. I thought that, too. (laughs) I think about about that when I watch, like, any movie in the last nine, ten months. I'm like, ah, they're too fucking close. Like, don't hug, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You don't want to get the itis. (laughs) But then the the kid, uh, you know, they go to bed, and later on the night, you know, Santa comes back for a yeah. visit. Yeah, well, I think one of the little boys is like, you know, I want to sneak out and go peek the presents that Santa dropped off. Yeah. You know, as, as you do when you're a kid, kind of, right? Because you know, when it's... you see that it says peep show, it doesn't mean <laughs> that it's a sneak peek at the presents. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he, he, I just watched Elf last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and he goes he goes downstairs, and uh, he sees his mom down there, and Santa's there, too. And uh, Santa is getting ready to... He's working the thighs quite a bit. Mm. Um, Mostly it's thighs. (laughs) And she's making um, excitable sounds. Yeah, Santa's ready to check out mom's undercarriage. And um, kind of freaks the kid out. Yeah. Runs back upstairs and aggressively destroys his snow globe. Which is strange. Like, wouldn't you be elated like mom's fucking Santa? Like, you're getting extra shit <laughs> yeah, for Yeah, next year's gonna rule. For this sure. year might be great, too. <laughs> I hope she does well. Uh, As uh, in um, her performance? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, don't think, I don't think Santa's swimming in a small pool. Right. You know? He has options. <clears throat> and, uh... Yeah, and the kid uh, takes the glass from the broken snow globe and, like, cuts himself deliberately. Yeah. It's kind of weird. And then we just cut ahead to the present. And they never discuss what we would all know being, you know, regular, not crazy-ish or going crazy people, (laughs) that Santa is probably actually just the dad. Yeah. So it's just his mom and dad getting a little freaky, but he views it as um, his mom cheating, but... Again, that's why I just really thought they were going to have that, you know, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus song. It's, like, too perfect. Yeah. And it would have been pretty eerie if he had that music playing while he's, like, cutting himself. Could know? have even re-recorded it. Yeah. So, yeah, we jumped ahead to the future, and uh, we're introduced to the adult version of that child who we learn now his name is Harry. And he's played by Brandon Maggart. Am I saying that right? think so. I've never uh, heard it said out loud. So. Who we'll just get out of the way real fast is Fiona Apple's dad. Yes, the Fiona Apple, the famous musician. So that's kind of interesting. And you can kind of see it in his eyes a bit. Nothing else. But if you really look at his eyes, he has those like deep, big Fiona Apple eyes. You know what I'm huh. talking about? That makes me like Fiona Apple that much more. <laughs> um, 
And I actually think he's he's really fucking great in this movie. I mean, it this movie doesn't have a ton of dialogue. Um, he a lot really of talking to, with facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, and he sells it. I mean, it's it's a good performance. It's not like oh, this is good because this guy's over the top and cheesy. Like it's you buy it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really dig that. Uh, I really the only other thing uh, I think really of note for his career is I think he was. Uh, I looked up. He's one of the original cast members of Sesame Street. So. Huh. <laughs> Hang of Jim Henson. Yeah, yeah Gordon. Um, the Gordon. interview with him in the special features is also pretty great. Uh, <laughs> I gotta check it. I'll check it out. He's just very much like an old drunk now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's just like, what the fuck do you guys want to talk to me for? <laughs> um, it's 40 years later. <laughs> so when we're introduced to him, he, you know, he's just hanging out. Um, Getting ready for his day, shaving, you know, puts shaving cream on his face. It looks like Sand's beard kind of, and he's like, woohoo. Is that when he does what you're saying? Like he mimics what Sand did to him as a kid? No, that's later. That's but, after. Uh, no, he... very willy nilly with the razor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He cuts himself with the razor. And that's how we discover that he's the kid from the being because we get flashes of the kid cutting himself with the snow globe again. So, so it's a mixture of the, the blood, the Christmas season. The Santa factor, and it's, it's like it gives you a glimpse into his psyche a bit. Which He's I read kinda... all the uh, all of the Christmas things that that are in his house. The director had spent many years, like three or four. Ten. Was it ten? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, shit, I was missing. No, form. you're good. Not yeah. really, but yeah. No, yeah, that and that's yeah, yeah. I mean, this film, the director at least really he really went for this movie. Like the guy definitely had a story he wanted to tell, and I mean. But apparently, like Hogan says, he's too jittery to make another one. <laughs> I wonder what happened to all that stuff afterwards. I mean, like, okay, now I made the movie. <laughs> I think the guy, the director's has it all in his house. Yeah. This house is just real. That's stupid. what his house is made out of. That's like. <laughs> this is an autobi- <laughs> it's an autobiographical film. Like, whoa. We see him kind of like looking at his Santa outfit in the mirror and stuff. And it kind of reminded me of. Um, you know, Jill and I recently bought the Ed Wood box set, and we're watching. It's like it's like Glenn or Glenda stuff. It's like the way he's like scoped himself in the Santa suit. It's not like oh, is this fit? I yeah. mean, he's like rubbing his body, and it's it's. But like, he's got the pad in his legs, and he's like really excited that it's like making him bulkier. Yeah, yeah. he's like, like hitting he, it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing weaker than a skinny ass Santa. <laughs> I watched that. Uh, you know the Deadly Games. Oh yeah. And when he approaches, there's this Santa who's like. A buck twenty wearing boot, wet wearing boots, <laughs> and it's like, dude, that's like no one's gonna fall for that. Like, you don't look like Santa at all. You at least have to have a belly. Yes, they bring that up in that new. What's the new Kurt Russell movie with uh, where he plays Santa? The Christmas Chronicles. Have you seen this? I haven't. No. Oh. They're like, you don't look like Santa, and he goes, Why? Because I'm not a fat slob. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually good, or is it one of those movies where it's like there's like five minutes of good Kurt Russell and the rest of it's trash? I mean, yeah, pretty much stick around for Kurt Russell. All right. So check out the best of on YouTube. Yeah. I do love Kurt Russell. Um, but after we introduce this guy, he goes out and he roams the rooftops and spies on kids. He's a peeping Tom. Yes. Continuing our Fright Zone theme of <laughs> creeping mm-hmm. on people. Looking which, in windows. We this, love it. This is Scotty Goodrich now. helps his parents take <laughs> out the garbage. Susie Everett is the cute girl next door with the dolly. And oh. Oscar Garcia, again, is the... Bad boy. Yeah, he he he's being naughty and he's cutting out some titillating images from Penthouse. Yeah, impure thoughts and negative body hygiene. Oh, see, I did not make notes of. I, I assume you got these names from the his book. 
Yeah. I, I did. I I did not dive that deep, but we see that right after he does. Like as soon as he sees that kid, who Nate knows his name, oh, Oscar sees, Garcia. Yeah, as soon as he sees him, he runs home and he pulls all these books off his shelves, and we discover he has literal Nadia Nice list, and he just goes to town and he has detailed files right. from like, like the several Terminator. years too, because it's what the like the one that we're looking at or the one that he's writing at I think is like eighty or eighty one. Yeah, but they go all the way back to the seventies on the shelf. He's been you know. Dreaming about this forever. Right. Right. Or or are we supposed to think that maybe he has been doing the Santa thing for all these years, like going out and doing gifts, and well, this is just the year where it collapsed on him. He's already losing his mind a little bit, obviously, just straight away when he's a kid, and he yeah. sees it happening. And then they never say how long he worked on the line at the toy factory, but if there's any indication if he did that for, let's say, more than six months, <laughs> that could make you want to kill somebody. That toy line <laughs> is the most depressing thing in the movie. <laughs> Where they just honk the horn and a new group of people come in and cram little lightning bolts. Well, that's, I mean, you know what? That's the, the next scene after we the list. So, I mean, we can just go there. Take yeah, us yeah. there, Nate. Take us to the toy factory. Okay, so end scene, uh, enter the Jolly Dream toy factory. Um, where <laughs> it's not a Jolly Dream. <laughs> it's not worth having. It's not worth having. <laughs> and they are making what appears to be the worst toys ever. Um, <laughs> everything is a jank dollar store item. It's and true. they have so many people working there. I'm just not understanding like how they're turning a profit at all. Like, what are those? A nickel? They're selling <laughs> yeah. them for a nickel, and then someone else can sell them for seventy nine cents. <laughs> so, what are they? I mean, back then, I guess they were probably paying those people like three bucks an hour or less. Um, so, yeah, that's when we find out that he has been promoted to manager, Ooh. and his local or his uh, fellow coworkers. Um, are a little bit like sassafras with him when he yeah. tries to like talk to him. It's like, oh, he doesn't work on the line anymore. He's too good for us. But they're always trying to take advantage of him. And when they, aren't they like, you don't like the union anymore or whatever? Yeah, because he hasn't <laughs> been to a meeting. He's like, oh, they're really gonna do cuts, because uh, they're asking him if he knows who's gonna get cut in February or whatever. And he's like, what? They're doing that? So yeah, he's not going to the meetings. I, my guess is he's working at the toy factory, spacing out about being Santa Claus, and then spends the rest of his waking hours peeping on the local kids, making those books come to life. <laughs> Checking the list twice. Yeah. Enter Frank, though, who we will see later. Oh, Frank bamboozles our boy Harry. Who just fucking swipes Harry's sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... Give me a bite of that. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, you're going to work the line for me tonight. Yeah. Like, what? Because he's going, he comes in like in fishing area. He's ready to leave and go fishing or something. Him and like. his wife are going to leave a day early for their trip. Yeah. And that's not what's happening. <laughs> so he basically forces uh, Harry to work the toy line because Harry mentions how much he misses working on the toys for the kids. So right. I'm going to do you a big favor. Well, he um, doesn't say no right away in person. He makes a secondary phone call to him <laughs> and yeah. kind of like like eases into it a little. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to do the favor. And then he's like, gets off the phone real quick thinking like, oh, he's kind of said yes. Uh, that toy factory... Uh, is the Pressman Toy Factory in New Jersey, and they made the game Mastermind. My, I kid, that. my kid loves that Joe game. Joe Bob Briggs last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your kid loves Mastermind? Yeah, he's really good at it, too. See, like, he's going to be like a mathlete? Maybe. I don't know. He, <laughs> if he gets a chance to learn. That's one of those games you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh! Nailed it. Perfect. Uh so he leaves away. the work, you know. He like we cut ahead in night, and he's leaving. 
presumably also, way past. Also, if oh, you've yeah. ever worked on a toy line, I want to know if that's really what a toy line looks like when it's in operation. Feel free to write to us. Um, I would really like to know. Yeah. Uh, I just realized we have no email address on our website. but uh, You can just... I'll correct that. But d- hit us up on Instagram yeah, or DM something. DM us on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> toy line knowledge. As he's leaving work, he passes the Odd Couple Lounge. Oh, so it looks like a great place to hang out. Yeah, you know, it looks like yeah. cheers. Good yeah. old boys. <laughs> it's all decked out for Christmas. Everyone's having Heinekens. And he looks in there, and who does he see in there drinking? I don't know his name off the top of my head. Oh, it's Frank. Frank. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that Sorry. son of a bitch. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's not just in there drinking. He's like, hey, I got Harry to work for me, the <laughs> schmuck. <laughs> and they all like cheers. Yeah. I actually wrote, I want to be able to use the word schmuck more in life <laughs> in my everyday. So he immediately, of course, gets real upset at Buddy Harry. He goes home and he starts like, and he, it's one of the first like moments where you get a sense of that. He's like, not just creeping on like these kids. But, like, really fucking unstable. He starts, like, huffing and puffing around his place, you know, rubbing his face aggressively. Yeah. He's not there. <laughs> He's not good. Uh, and then he goes out, and we get more of that classic uh, creeping that we love so much on this show. And he spies on his brother and his family. Uh, and his brother is played by Jeffrey DeMunn. Uh, his name is Phil in the in the film. And uh, he's in various Frank Darabont films, but I think most people would probably recognize him from the first couple seasons of Walking Dead, where he played Dale, Dale. the friendly old man with the white beard. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Herschel, the guy from the farm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he's spying on his brother and his wife and his two kids. Um, and uh, his uh, brother's wife was both Glenn Close and Kathleen Turner auditioned, and the director passed on them both. Oh, wow. Instead, we have this lady who's, like, really forgettable in the movie. I didn't mm-hmm. write a note of her name because yeah. it doesn't really even say anything. Um, <laughs> but then he goes home, and we cut to, like, I think it's supposed to be Thanksgiving or something. And he's watching, like, the Macy's Day Parade or whatever, and he gets, like, super hyped up about Santa. Yeah. You know? And he's uh, got his little tomato um, pin cushion wrist thing that he's using <laughs> to sew up his Christmas outfit. Yeah, I think that this is like where it dawns on him, right? Where he, it's kind of like he know he re- he recognizes what his mission is. Yeah, you know, is to be Santa. And then, uh, so then, yeah, we cut to we cut back to his brother who's like doing push ups while he's watching his wife who's trying to get freaky by showing him some goods and enticing him while their kids are watching the same parade. But then Harry calls them to. Uh, Wish them a happy Thanksgiving. And then we get the montage that's of him building the suit and places decorating for Christmas. And he's painting up his, his fucking creeper van, to, like painting the sleigh on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is some of the first shots. We have all the weird shit in his like workshop, all these toys and crap everywhere. And it's just right. Real bizarre. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, those sets are awesome. I think all the sets are really amazing in the movie. Yeah, like you're saying he collected this for ten years or whatever. Like, it's fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, you can it's, tell. It's, it, I mean, it adds a lot to the film. Like when you're watching, like this is insane. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like when you go to someone's garage sale and it's like, why would they even need these many decorations? It's like it, you know. I but mean, you drive by those houses sometimes. Yeah, and it's like there's this one in Valley Junction. I drive past to go to practice on Sundays, and I've noticed that, you know. Each holiday, they have a whole litany of, like, they had Thanksgiving inflatable turkeys and all this shit. And then they did Halloween, and now they're on to Christmas, and it's just the whole front yard is full. 
like you assume that's all that's inside their house. Yeah, it's yeah. just all these decorations. It's probably an they attic, a them. basement, and a garage. Yeah, it's like they're all their storage is that Thanksgiving in the attic. We got, yeah. yeah, what's the metalworking that he's doing? Like I know what he's making, but like what is it? What you call he it? Used to, yeah, he used to do it like in shop class, you know, with like sand and shit. I don't know. Yeah, I know, yeah he pours it in those molds. Yeah. And, I don't know. I didn't do shop class. I have no fucking clue. Well, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's weird. Like, there's so the, knows that there's too, the scene of him know. like yeah. making that, obviously. Yeah. And you don't realize it until, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but. No, yeah, he's making some really amazing toys. He's making good toys there. Right. Instead of the crappy toys they make at the factory. Because he, you know, he appreciates the art of toy making. Yeah. I don't know. The one, the one toy that he's making with like metalworking is the one that he jams through that dude's eye. Oh, man. I loved yeah, that. Yeah, the soldier. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a Fulci shot. It's great, yeah. It's straight mm-hmm. trail zombie. Yeah. I mean, uh, so what, so, yeah, after that. He walks past those kids, Scotty, Susie, and Oscar, and he goes, what do you guys want for Christmas? Yes. This is and, my favorite line. Uh, he says, I wish I was oh. super magic. Yes. And then <laughs> little Oscar Garcia says, I wish I had a lifetime to spend in a penthouse magazine. <laughs> and after that is when he does that face hand marking on the house. Yes, that okay, evening. yeah. But, yes. Oh, and they're, so he's, they're leaving, and uh, he's like, I want to stay home and watch TV. <laughs> and the mom says, like, who do you think you are, your father? Get in the car. Mm-hmm. And then there's that part where he's starting to kind of like, he sees something in the bushes. Yeah. And, and he's not quite sure, and you're like, is this movie going to go there? You know, like... What extent is this? He just gonna be... scares the kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is the sequence we mentioned earlier where it's like, a, that's just like a German like holiday tradition. Like the bad kids get their house marked in dirt so the evil spirits could bring them horrible gifts. Something horrible. Yeah, and yes. then his mom just bitch slaps the shit out of him. And his mom <laughs> is rough. played by Patricia Richardson, who's the mom from Home Improvement. Oh. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, um. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he and but after that, after Harry scares the shit out of that kid and marks the house, he goes home and he sleeps like a champion. Yeah, they show him and he's so content in bed. It's like, oh, man, I wish I was that happy when I went to bed. And it's the next day at work in the, his locker at work that he does the nose wink ping. Yes, that's, yeah. when he's, that's when it like. Him becoming Santa Claus is starting to leak into his day to day. It's not. It's no longer his evening. It's becoming him. It's oh like, yeah. It's like this is now something he's thinking about so much that it's like he's being a dick at the Christmas party to people. Yes. That, that yeah. And that's the next scene. The Christmas yeah. party. So which uh, is awesome. My dad. I went to a couple of my dads when office party days. I just remember being around them, and just like. People would go nuts like that. It was like 30, 40 people getting shit-faced in a little cubicle section. (laughs) And that just does... I don't think it happens anymore. We had... My my dad used to have... uh, He would take my mom and I to parties like that, except it was for a bunch of, like, siding applicators and shit. Yeah. (laughs) So they're ripping it up. Yeah. It's like free bar. Lots of leisure suits. And the... It get, it the keeps worst part going. gets crazy. Yeah, though, the here. frantic cocktail making at yeah. some point, where it just shows every time they cut to him, it's like he's got making him faster and faster, and more, <laughs> more and more, and then That's people like, are just walking away with the bottles. <laughs> I love that they sped that footage up. Yeah. It's like liquor is flowing, and they, in uh, this scene, uh, that you know, we get a shot of Harry at this Christmas party. He's just watching uh, this 
little TV in the corner that's showing like all these ads and stuff about their company and th- they seem like internal promo videos like from the head office or something like telling like all the great things they've done this year and how they're donating toys to this you know children's hospital. And you too, as workers, can donate to help make these dreams happen. Like they're asking the employees yeah. to also contribute money, even though they could just total, pay for the toys. total big corporation move. Um, and Harry then uh, he runs into like the boss who introduces him to this uh, bright young exec and uh, like the Stanley Tucci greaseball yeah. brother. Yes, <laughs> yes, total greaseball. And um, and he's like, oh, you like this guy? He's actually just the head of our new uh, children's ho- children's hospital toy donation campaign. And then Harry kind of grills him real fast, like, how many how many toys did you give him? And is there enough for all the kids? And what's his, and the the line he yeah he says. I don't really know how many kids are in that hospital, Harry. <laughs> and that makes Harry real upset. So he immediately gets out of the party. Oh, do you mean the Willow Springs State Hospital for retarded children? <laughs> I was going to say, they dropped a hard R <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't think that that's the correct term. Maybe back then you did. It was 1980. Like, oh, this one didn't Or pr- that might have been properly. there just to even drive home more how shitty this guy is. You know, yeah. like, he drops, he says that, and then he's like, well, how many toys did you give him? You know, like, he tries to sh- brush it off, and, like, how yeah. many toys did you give him? I don't know how many kids are even there. Like, I mean, I guess we do have a history in this country of, like, poor mental health recognition, true. and it doesn't it doesn't seem like that much of a surprise that maybe a place like that did or does exist. Like, I mean, our state of Iowa has uh, some of the worst mental health and uh, health care in the entire yeah. country. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's pretty fucked up um they were gonna uh, they were gonna this is a side note sorry they were gonna build that uh mental health like facility like care facility over by uh like clive aquatics Mm -hmm. you know and i thought it was interesting when they were initially talking about building it before they announced where it was gonna be everybody was like very very excited and then when they announced where it was gonna be people were like i don't want that by my house (laughs) you know it's like like they want it but then when you know then they fucking don't that's how it'd be like a you know was it alone in the dark kind of scenario? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but this is the first point in the film where Harry talks about his tune after he gets pissed about, uh, you know, that guy's con the, the young executive's comment about the campaign. That's where he first time he starts mentioning the tune, right? Yeah, this part get was kind of number. lost on me. I felt like I missed something. What? Well, it's the first time he mentions that. Like, he's mentioned a few times in the film, that so conversation. Really know talking okay. About. Yeah. I didn't know if, like, he had brought it up in the beginning and I missed Mm-mm. it. No. It's okay. something that's been in his mind, you know. But we as the audience are not really sure what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, you know the tune, but you're playing it wrong? Yeah. Is that what he says? Y- yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, you know the number, but you're playing the wrong tune uh, or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, we don't actually really 100% get what he's even talking about until the end of the movie. Right. Really. I mean, it just kind of comes up. It's a recurrent thing. And they're um, all, and everyone at this point is probably just so loaded from all the fast flying <laughs> cocktails that they're just like, oh, that's Harry. Like he's just he's that way, and <laughs> they don't realize that he's about to heist a bunch of toys from the toy yeah, factory. Yeah, so, as soon as he finds out that they, you know, that they can't speak to how many toys they gave to the hospital, he just knows that they did something wrong. So he bails on the party. He's loaded up on booze, gives him the extra confidence he needs, and he starts just fucking stealing toys from the assembly line. He goes right to the line. Taking them, filling up with his bag with them. When did he wrap all those? I don't know. Well, what? <laughs> not to get into this. Oh, specific. you mean like because because when he there? delivers them, they're all wrapped. Well, there's uh, he goes home and he uh, after the toy thing, we see a shot of him gluing his beard on. Yes, and it where won't he come off. is so excited. 
Yeah, when he realizes he can't get it out, he's like, it's me, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's no coming back after that beard is super glued to your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not clear how much time passed between the party and that, but we do get a marker on the screen after the scene where he glues the beard on that says Christmas Eve. So, I, I mean, you could say the Christmas party happened a few days before. There's yeah. three, he's been home you fiercely wrapped. like the chalkboard at his house. Like, there's, they show it three times, so it happens over the course of, like, 60 days. Yeah, yeah. If they, anyone's a master at wrapping presents, I guess it would probably be him. He spent a lot. He probably, yeah. Sits <laughs> on the stopwatch and times himself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he bothered wrapping those. He knows that those are like shitbox toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are stocking stuffers. <laughs> we skip to uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, the first place he goes on Christmas Eve, like, you see him in a couple houses, which I guess we're to assume he's delivering the normal gifts, uh, the good gifts to people. The thing that I was a little confused about is, uh, the first thing the show, I don't 100% get what happens. He's in the house and he like cuts open a couple boxes and pulls toys out and throws them in the corner, but then he leaves presents. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I was like kind of confused what was happening. No, yeah. I, th- I thought he was just cutting the string off of the, like the boxes were together. Yeah. Like, they were all tied together and then he cut the string off. But then he, and then he was like he placing them He goes into one box and he pulls uh, the little motorcycle guys out and he like tosses them in the corner. Okay. I was confused. I don't. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. get. Is it like he's they were the ones that away... didn't have heads, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like, is he throwing away shitty toys from the factory and replacing with his good ones? Yeah. Is that what's supposed to be happening? Or... Yeah, that could be. Yeah. I guess it's irrelevant. I was more asking because I didn't know if, if you guys had a good explanation what the heads happening. It could be relevant, but but yeah. So he just goes around delivering gifts, and I think we're to assume he's you know delivering gifts to the people, the kids he had on his list, because then after that is when he goes to the hospital. Ho oh, ho. Those Santa's bells. Yeah, it's, I think Santa just landed on the roof. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Ooh, that light's <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> I brought these bells. Thumpity oh, thump, yes! thump, thumpity thump. Those are thump. so good. You gotta use those, uh, you know, a lot. Can we get some gratuitous jingle bells the rest <clears throat> of this episode, please, Hogan? Okay. Okay, so it's Christmas Eve. He's delivering gifts to kids. And he does really start out with good intentions. Like Definitely. He's, he thinks that he's going to be the best Santa that there ever was. For sure. And he goes to the, the hospital to deliver the gifts, and the security guard's kind of giving him shit That first dude wants about to it. fucking unload yeah. on him. Oh, but, yeah, but the old man. <laughs> that's when he realizes he needs to act more like Santa. people think Santa's supposed yes. to be. And he, instead of like a, hi, um, I have presents, like all of a sudden, like when they, he comes back out with the help, it's all... <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah, that whole, that sequence is great. Talking about um, his performance in this film, um, I he even says, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting the, I'm getting the approach all wrong." And he's like, "Here, I, I, here." He gives him the gift, and he goes inside to get people. And yeah. while he's inside, you get this moment where he's kind of reflecting and pacing back and forth, and kind of rubbing his chin and practicing his his Merry Christmas. No. Mer- no, you know, like, yeah, he, I that's like he my favorite himself part, up. honestly. Oh, it's a great moment. It's the moment he fucking turns into Santa. And you also watch it rub off on the people that oh, come out. They're yeah. just like super happy all of a sudden and glad he's there. Well, it's a feel good moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love when he finally gets the Merry Christmas is right when it starts snowing. It's just yeah. like it's like a cheesy Christmas movie all of yeah. a sudden, you know, um, and yeah, all the staff comes out to the hospital and they see him. He opens up the back of the van and it's full of presents. And um, it's awesome. It's, it's, a, it's like a feel-good Christmas moment. Right. That's kind of the weirdness of this film in a way is it, it, it's always kind of flipping back and forth between like 
something's kind of a feel good real Christmas thing. I think his and then ad- all of a sudden a weird dark moment. It's like his energy is based in where other people's are around him. You know, mm-hmm. like he definitely feeds off of that. Yeah, I could see that. He's for like sure. the slime in Ghostbusters Part Two. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's around kids. It's positive, yep. and or people that are just genuinely celebrating Christmas because they're happy about it. I love Christmas. I mean, people hate on it all the time. At least the people that I know, because I think there's a common Halloween's cooler thing in the horror community, and of course it is. Yeah. Of course, Halloween's cool. But yeah. like, I have a lot of fond memories. I'm not Christian. I'm not religious in any sense, and I just think that. Christmas is kind of fun. It's like I, oh. I like getting up and opening presents with the family and getting a fire going and watching a couple movies and helping put toys together. And mm. you know, what are your thoughts on Christmas music? Oh, I just got that Silent Night, Deadly Night Christmas music LP, and I've been playing that a lot. <laughs> and I decided so I have that, and then my wife Emily, she has a Phil Spector's Christmas album. That that's might really be good. Yeah, the greatest Christmas record ever made. Yeah. But some of those songs were in this movie. That's why I was like, wow, they actually got like they spent some money on this movie. Yeah. I'm sure Phil Spector wasn't send those out for cheap back then. Probably not. I don't know if it's because like my grandparents and I mean even though he beat his kids, like oh. I still love that that Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> classic Christmas. Yeah. I thought you said your grandpa beat oh, no, your dad. Oh, yeah. no. Even though. <laughs> even starts, though my grandpa beat my father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my grandpa, even though he it. beat kids, I still just had the best Christmas with him. He like, would what? beat yeah. the shit out of my dad to Bing Crosby's but Christmas. But he made sure we didn't forget <laughs> Christmas. That's for sure. Obligatory family stuff sucks. But, like, when you have a happy family, and that's the kind of thing with you guys. You have kids. You have something. You have Yeah, I just wrapped all my kids' enjoy. presents last night yeah. and put them under the tree. They woke up all excited already. Oh, yeah. But so I mean, by under, I'm saying I understand why the holidays can be hard for some people. It, it's oh, all sure. I think. I mean, depending on your family situation, it can be rough. Um, you have to spend time with people you don't necessarily want to spend time with, or, or maybe if you've lost loved ones. I mean, because it's so rooted in family that it can bring up neg- negativity too. Yeah. Um, but, but I think a lot of people, it's more just like they just want to say they hate Christmas it's <laughs> <laughs> because it's cool to hate Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I get that it's cheesy and stuff, but it's also like it's got a, like a magical thing to it, even though it is all just a consumerist holiday that's been <laughs> that's been built up to sell things to people to get people so they can have good end of the year returns and stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't make it any less fun to get stuff and to give stuff. I oh, love that. And that's what I was going to say. Like as a kid, obviously like the, the joy there is like receiving things as an adult. The, the more <coughs> fun part I think is like giving people shit, you know? Yeah. Like Speaking of people which, shit. Christmas gifts. <laughs> oh fuck. I didn't do that. It's all right. You didn't have to. I picked these things up a while ago. I'm sorry. I feel bad. You oh, have to watch God. this. It's actually a tape. And Nate, I got this for the crypt. I uh, I meant to get something for you guys, and I didn't. But I'll get you something at some point. This, Greg, Nate, and I have talked about, and so I picked up a copy because well, we you absolutely need to see it. The first episode of the Fright Zone. Oh yeah. wow! A Paramount Home Video stocking. Whoa! That is so cool. Nate, get our pictures of us. Did you get gifts. this from the Paramount guy? The guy that had the light up sign, or is this just an additional thing you no, found somewhere no. else? I just found that. Oh, the quest. Yes. Yeah. We talked on the first episode of the Fright Zone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Get get pictures. You're gonna like that. It's gonna oh, be fun. I can put it on our Instagram. Get a picture of Nate and I on these beautiful gifts. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. This will content. This will just be up in the crypt all the time. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you. 
Hogan, yes, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Yay! Thanks, Brian. Um, I, I, I'm yeah. I'll say I was thinking, should I get those guys Christmas gifts? I'm like, I don't know, man. It'd be too cheesy. I don't know. And now I feel like a real schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just bring one for New Year's Evil. I mean, whatever the next movie we do is. It'll be New Year's Evil. That's yeah. fine. Um. Uh, well, okay, so <laughs> that was good little... <laughs> that so, went sideways. So after uh, he gives all the gifts to the hospital for the kids, he drives off, and we see him overjoyed. And again, this guy's performance is great, because like, you feel his joy in that scene. You know, He's in the van, driving off, blasting Phil Spector Christmas songs, just happy, smiling ear to ear. Um, so happy. Uh, and then he... He takes a detour. Well, like, he remembers in his mind, he hears the voice of the douche executive, like, I don't know how many kids are in there, hospital, hospital, hospital. <laughs> and he's like, he's all grumpy. Yeah. But then he stops by a church, which I feel like he stops by this church initially to give presents or donate something. And as he's getting out of his van, church gets out, and it's all these just snooty-ass <laughs> shitty it shows, people. What's weird is that it shows the people that were at the party mm-hmm. um, the the main the head guy and then the advertising guy mm-hmm. that's getting the toys for we'll just call it Willow Spring State Hospital, um, <laughs> and it's weird that they're not in the front of the group or involved in the interaction that occurs because it like takes the time to show them there yeah, yeah. and then they're falling asleep it's weird too. they don't want to be part of like the actual Christmas activities they why were just like, wanting to get their storyline the is over at this point yeah. like why not kill them yeah. It makes more I thought, sense. I thought the same thing too. It, it is weird, but well, again, yeah, I think I just feel like it was almost it was a coincidence because right. I feel like he gets. At, I feel like he's going to the church to be like Merry Christmas, you know. Um, I, cause I think the idea of them bears more that they ID him, maybe. Right. Oh, right. But because I feel like he was there positive sense. I don't think he knew. Like, I bet my boss and that douche are gonna be at church at this time. At this, you know. Right. I think he's just going there to be sure. Santa and like yeah. give. And they all come out though, and they're all snooty ass fucks. They just start fucking, and with they them. start berating him immediately. And I'm like, not gonna say shit. I agree with murder, but fuck those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're just berating the way he looks and like his toys he has and shit. And um, we see his boss and the execer in like kind of the back at the, like looking at him in this group of people. And this is uh, when we get what you mentioned, kind of like the Fulci move. He uh, he's like, oh, I got something for you, and he pulls out the little soldier toy that uh, he made at home earlier. This like cast iron thing or whatever. And just fucking stabs this douche right in the <laughs> eye with the sword. And they honestly, show it. Yeah, it, it's the one real gore shot of the film. Um, but it's like, honestly, I'd say I, I thought it was at, like a little more gnarly than the splinter in the eye from Zombie. Because like this like fucking fluid squirts out of it and stuff. Like, it's also it is, like there's a buildup. With the yeah. splinter, like you're watching it about to happen, you're like, "Is she gonna get away?" So you're kind of well, ready it's so for it more. Slow. That this is like is so there's slow, nothing it's tense. Yeah, this is there's nothing in this movie <laughs> that happens before this point that is. It, I mean, they definitely set up that it's uncomfortable, that he's not mentally right. Yeah, but there's nothing that's happened really that like has led you to believe that it's going to definitely be yeah. like a straight up like murder in front of a whole group of people <laughs> exactly Will i think it's also the, the way Santa. like his posture the way he's holding it he's just like i've got this guy and then he <laughs> just pushes it into his fucking eye yeah it's shocking and then everyone starts screaming and he pulls a little like it looks like a toy hatchet but it's a real fucking hatchet yeah. and just starts yeah i mean he, he hits 
four people. To, well, he hits three people with a hatchet. He stabs one guy, then hits the other three people with the hatchet. And one of them lives and runs up, up into the crowd. and says, I don't want to die. Help me. And the other two are immediately just fucking down on the ground. Ow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he gets back in the van, just speeds the fuck off. Once again, blasting Christmas jams, which I kind of love. Yeah. And that's when Santa pulls over because he needs a nap. <laughs> but before he can take a nap. Oh, he goes he, to the he goes to the other Christmas party. This is before that though. Oh, okay. He pull, before that he pulls over and it's like he's trying to kind of wind down a little bit, <laughs> but then he hears the Christmas music. Gotcha. And okay, he gets yes. out of the van and starts going towards the Christmas music because he wants to. He probably wants to get back into the Christmas spirit. Yeah, maybe Santa. get away from the, the triple <laughs> homicide that he just committed. And the, uh, the business that he hears the music coming from is the Family and Friends Association. And he starts peeping again. He's not exactly running into the party. He's just looking in the window. He's looking there and he sees these folks just partying, dancing, drinking, having a good time. And then... And they spot him creeping. But they don't think it's creepy. They're like... Because they're so blown. They're like, let's fucking Santa! You know? And one of the guys um, is Mark Margolis. Yes. And he is from the show... He's in the show Breaking Bad. And he plays Mr. Shickadance. Yeah. From Ace Ventura. Yeah. Oh! And in the credits of this movie, he's known as Man Number Two. (laughs) Wow! Um, And yeah, Tito Salmanca. I watched this with Aaron, and she goes, is that the fucking old guy from Breaking Bad? Yeah. I've been spotting him more and more and stuff, just like Mike from Breaking Bad. Yep. Where I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, there he is. Like, he's just in so much stuff as, like, a heavy... Or just a side henchman type character yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, not unlike uh, Tiny Lister, who we lost oh. recently. He was a great sidekick henchman guy, Ventura. as well as just like, a great presence in any <laughs> yes. movie. So once he goes into this part, after they bring him in, they're like, hey, it's Santa! And everyone's like, hey, Santa! And there's kids there. The kids wake up. They see Santa's there. It's this but, might be the high point of the movie for him before things like he's pumped. He, you know, he had that high at the hospital, but then he just had all that weird shit where he murdered people. But now this is like a group of people celebrating. Him. They keep bringing him cocktails. They're toasting. There's him. a live band playing. Oh, uh, the so well in the live band, the accordion player was in Bruce Springsteen's band. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, all the dancing in the sequence was choreographed by Meryl Streep's brother. Huh. Maybe <laughs> why she was, or no, I guess it wasn't Meryl Streep. It was Glenn Close that auditioned for the part. Yes. Okay. That's just kind of weird, though. Those, like, weird, like, you know, yeah. seven degrees or whatever. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, I love, he's dancing with all of them, and they, uh, but he gives that great speech at the end. Like, he's, like, before he leaves, he's, like, pointing at the kids and calling them out, and he gives them that speech. But at the end, he's, like, if you do anything bad. I'll bring you something horrible. <laughs> and it's like real, everyone in the party just kind of looks at him like, that's fucking weird. That's when the parents start to realize that he might not be like someone that should be at the party. But then he starts jo- laughing so jolly and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's still that one lady in the middle. There's, they show these three women and there's this one girl in the middle who obviously is like not. Yeah, her reaction's like, yeah, she's not tricked. <laughs> And then that, they cut back to the – oh, yeah. I, I wish we had that on the screen right now, though, that lineup of kids because they're all, like, very, very proper. And there's this one shitty kid on the left <laughs> that's got, like, this terrible bowl cut and he's just giving In him – black suit. He's just like – like, he's got the – like He's the one he's like, giving like something Damien. horrible to, you know? <laughs> Did you say eyes like Damien? Yeah. Fuck yeah. What does he give Oscar Garcia? I know he takes a gift there at some point. It's a bag know. of dirt. Just a bag of dirt. Yeah, because so? we see him later. Remember, he's out like 
digging a hole by the river. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he loads a bag of dirt in the back yeah, of his truck. Yeah, okay, that's what that is. <laughs> yes. Um, so they cut from that party, they cut to uh, the church. It's that's like when they established that the cops are now aware, and so is everybody in the community, that there is someone yes. dressed up as Santa Claus yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. out there killing people, and that's when... One of the guys in that scene who plays Detective Gleason, uh, I don't know how well you guys remember this, but he's like the... Uh, the villain, if there were, if there w- was one, of Cool Runnings. <laughs> okay, he's the one who's trying to like fuck over John Candy and the Jamaicans. Like yeah. you can't, that you can't come in here. Bitch. No he, one you fucks with John Candy. Twenty he, years he ago, he would be the head of the Swiss team. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, if I'm, if my Cool Runnings knowledge is <laughs> what I'm thinking it is. We've uh, John Candy's come up a little bit lately because you were talking. You sent uh, Nate and I that. Um, thing about the fucking mega cut of plane trains and automobiles yeah that'd be i would cool love to see, to see that yeah over three hours long i would take i would take a three-hour john hughes mega film with yeah. steve martin and john candy john yeah. candy was also originally supposed to play in the three amigos he was going to be martin short's character but he was so big at the time he couldn't get on a horse that's the only reason say, he wasn't cast how are they gonna have him like and rick moranis sh- also he- was up for it but he didn't want to do it oh man then check this out Rick Moranis only took the role of Lewis Tully in Ghostbusters because John Candy said no. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Which I, I'm glad, honestly, because John Candy as is, is Lewis Tully would not be the same. What I heard is that John Candy actually came to the set and had an idea for how the character was going to be. Mm, that he yeah. wanted him to be like, he had a weird accent, kind of like a German oh. accent or something. And he, like, he had this whole character in mind. And they're like, that's not what we want. Like, and then... When uh, he when um, I almost said Martin Short, not Martin Short, Rick Moranis, <laughs> just little guys, they're all running around in my brain like Christmas elves. Uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis uh, came in and just did it like the way he would do it, and that's what they wanted. I always so. think that stuff's interesting though, like uh, alternate y- dimension versions of movies. Yeah, like they talk about how you know initially they wanted Chris Farley to play the cable guy. Like, what a different movie that would have been. I would have yeah. hated it. That's John actually, Travolta, dude. As far as they wanted John Travolta as Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh no! And Tupac Shakur as Bubba. Whoa! Both yeah. of those dudes. John audition. Travolta, I think, would have gone just a little full on <laughs> yeah. more. Like it would have wrecked it, yeah. dude. Too, but Pulp, Pulp, I still want to see that movie. Pulp Fiction came out the same year. Can you imagine if he did oh. those two movies in a one-year window? How that would, like, yeah, what that would do to each movie. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Tupac film appearance uh, is probably Nothing But Trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The judge lets him go. He yeah. likes them. Yeah. <laughs> Digital Underground's awesome. Oh. I remember getting sex packets when I was like eight or nine. <laughs> and it was just one of those like, you know, you go to the mall with your like 12 bucks or whatever it costs for a CD then. Maybe it was 15 even. And you just hope that you know the guy behind the counter or that he's cool. Because there'd be these like, you know, pothead high school kids and then there was also like sometimes the manager was at the register yeah and it was right when parental advisory started to be a thing and my buddy worked there so i could commonly like just wait until i saw him on the register i'd like hang out kind of like where i could see who was at the register and then go and grab it go up to the counter and buy it while he's there hey man just never mind the sticker put in the bag yeah (laughs) it's not like they had to like scan anything to prove that you had an id it wasn't that elaborate it was basically just like Technically, they should be asking if your parents are cool with it. You know, it's the only movie Aykroyd ever directed. Yeah, it's crazy. I love that movie. It's Chevy, incredible. Chevy Chase said that they're 
one of the reasons he thinks is it was the only movie he ever directed is because he put so much on himself writing it, directing it, and producing it, and starring in it that they had no one else to blame, you know, but him when it failed. When it didn't do it, yeah. I think it was great. It's just I love it. I, I mean, I think Dan Aykroyd, I mean, you know, you guys know how much I love Ghostbusters, but I think, I mean... I think his comedy's kind of genius. Like he has the bell end of a penis for his nose. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh wow, yeah that that movie is bizarre. That movie, like, I saw it as a kid, and I was like, this must be what it feels like to be on drugs. <laughs> you know, like, like it's so like. That's definitely in the pile of movies where it's like I grew up watching it, so I thought everyone grew up watching it. Yeah. It's yeah. a Warner Brothers title. Yeah. It's got people that I know are in other stuff. People like, like, oh, it's got Chevy Chase in it, and he's it's got in Demi Moore. This Christmas yeah. movie everyone watches all the time, and uh, it's got you know, or Fletch, or just you know, I love the Chevy Chase early titles, a Funny Farm. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly great. surprised by how many people have never seen that. Yeah, Funny Farm. No. Oh, no, <laughs> nothing but <laughs> <in> trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then it's like I come to find that like not only have not as many people seen it as I would have thought, but a lot of people hate it. Yeah, people have yeah. seen it, fucking loathe it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have fun watching that movie. It, uh, I remember seeing it like as a kid and it was like, it was funny and I was having fun with it, but like it was also, it didn't scare me, but it was like, there's parts like, like this is weird. Like, yeah. you know, like it, it, it wasn't a horror movie, but it somehow almost felt devil. like it. Yeah, when could he takes, be. he like, when he pulls the like prosthetic nose off. Yeah. And you could weird. like, oh. It, stuff like that like felt like it was almost like a comedy version of a episode of Tales from the Crypt or something. Definitely yeah. Like some the had that, that weird. Well, that, and then there's like the roller coaster thing and just, it's like you're in, in a weird place and there's a. It eats one of the Baldwins. He hates, doesn't he hate. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. <laughs> Isn't it that he hates salespeople? Bankers. That part, bankers. Yeah. And that's I a, never let a banker go. <laughs> there is that. So, yeah, that's why. So, that reminds me of the Tales from the Crypt where they're trying to find a husband for their daughter. Yes. And yeah. They and like just this, grab the, the vacuum salesman and try to make him yes, go for it. Yes, that's weird. And, like, there's, like, a weird sex scene in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. That's one of the. That's one of the Weird first. Weird is a nice that, way to. No, dude. That, <laughs> that's one of the first episodes of that show I remember actually seeing back in the day. Yeah, we didn't have HBO in my house, but like I saw that. I don't know where I even saw it, but I remember seeing that and like feeling like dirty as a kid. Who is it? <laughs> you know? Who's the Who's the lead in that? The male lead, Tim Curry. Is, is it? it? I think I remember right that thing? episode, but I can't picture. I can't picture. I remember the... lots of like blue gel lighting in it. I remember like rooms being blue. Yeah, I didn't. We, I didn't know this would come up, so I have no notes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that get like. That's the kind of tile that a company like Arrow or someone should fucking gobble up and make an awesome addition. You Do know, cool there's gotta cover. be a ton of weird deleted scenes and stuff. Yeah, because I've I've heard that about too. Like the, the shooting was kind of out of control. Like I have a DVD. There's nothing. There's nothing too uh, too exceptional. That's all the that. shitty DVDs. That's just like well, the first way there's the cardboard snap cases. Yeah. And, yeah. Santa? We should go back to Santa. We've had a fun digression about all sorts of cool stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, okay, so the cops are on the scene. So, back on... <laughs> we're going to get back into the movie. So, uh, Harry's back on the road. And at this point, he's overjoyed coming off that party. And he's pretending he has reindeer in front of his van. He's, like, Calm calling all the names. And he's pretending, like, whipping them and stuff. And it's it's pretty it's a pretty fun scene, but also kind of shows, like, this guy's made kind of crazy, but also, like... He's sweating a little more. Yeah. His beard's gotten a little dirtier, but it's not quite as dirty well, we as it's going to get. we know at this point, get. too, he's definitely fucking loaded from that party he was at. 
Yeah. Like in the scene, they bring him three cocktails yeah. of punch, you know, when he's like, oh, <laughs> they right, keep bringing yeah. him to him. So he's loaded and he's insane and he's, you know, he's killed people. So like he's ready to go. And this is when he heads to the house. Well, he heads to a house to deliver some gifts. And uh, it's not quite clear at first whose house it is, but he gets to this house and he tries to come down the chimney because he's really, you know, in that Santa spirit. He gets a ladder. It's a, it's like a <laughs> ten minute scene of him trying to get into the house the way Santa should. I'm not gonna shit and like I'm not gonna lie, man. That shit gave me like I got a little claustrophobic. <laughs> like I don't like getting stuck in shit like or small spaces. I've you seen have claustrophobia, <laughs> dude. Just thinking about it, I was like, ooh, gross. So you're claustrophobic. Then. Yeah, it freaks me so, out. So um, I've seen gremlins. I don't wish that death on anyone. Oh, that monologue's incredible. Yeah. Um, so have you, you watched The Descent? Uh-uh. That's yeah. Jim, is that the James Cameron thing? No, it's, it's, uh, it's like a 2000s horror movie. I it's it awesome. It's, uh-uh. it's really good. But if, you if, have, if But if you got uncomfortable with that one scene, I bet you'd have a hard time watching Descent. Like, legit, I don't think you could get through it without feeling real uncomfortable. If you couldn't handle 10 I can lend it to you. That's a DVD yeah. I bought. I got on Blu-ray, too. Aye. It's good. It's good. That's one that, like, if I was going to give you a list of the movies that are good in the 2000s, in my opinion, are it's it's good. That's a good two thousand horror movie. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's, it's good. Probably you, the best honestly, subterranean creature oh, film I've ever seen. I'm saying, honestly, if you don't know anything about, it, just watch it. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a fun twist, guy. He yeah. starts going chimney, he gets fucking stuck, and it goes on. You're right, like ten minutes of him just like trying to go down chimney and then trying to get back out. Yeah, you could put like music on it, been like a Benny Hill sketch. Yeah, but instead, <laughs> it's like dead silent. It's yeah, just like you just hear the wind. You feel the cold. There's some, uh, there's some like some sustained notes in there though, and they go like they're, they're changing octaves and going down as he's like going down the ladder. Yeah, that yeah. And once he gets his, he gets out of there, and he's even more sweaty. Um, that's <laughs> he basically's like fuck the chimney. He goes down the ladder and just breaks in through a window. Yeah, he puts the gifts under the tree, and you're like, okay, cool, being Santa. But this is where we learn where he's at, and there's actually kind of an ulterior motive. Although he did leave presents, he then goes, and this is the scene John Hart's talking about being creepy crawly, yeah. you know, Manson's shit. He goes into the bedroom of the parents, and we discover it's... Frank's house. Frank. The and he even, he's bamboozled so, him into working the toilet. He even has a Christmas tree in his bedroom. Yeah, Frank is full of the Christmas spirit, and Harry doesn't give a fuck at this point. Yeah. And there's like, so, I mean, we've sometimes been picking, like, you know, favorite lines and stuff. And this is honestly my favorite line, even though it's not, like, super funny or anything. But I just, like, he says, you want it all, Frank, but you're no longer a child. <laughs> <laughs> And then he starts fucking suffocating. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a, and it's a bizarre way to try to kill someone. Yeah. He, he's trying. I mean, I guess he's trying to suffocate him, but he's trying to do it with the bag of presents, <laughs> which you know, there's it's like there's edges, there's boxes in there. So he's got like just air pockets. Like, what yeah. the fuck's going on right now? Even with a pillow, that could take 15 minutes. So you assume that his. I, from uh, what I understand. <laughs> and we, didn't, we didn't address that Frank's wife is right next to him. By the yeah. way, sleeping. They do have separate mattresses. At one point, there's I remember seeing a shot. Where you could see that they had pushed the beds together. Oh, so they're that kind of family. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's like it was that kind of night. Paul yeah. Shore style. Maybe she likes to get freaky on Jesus' birthday. Only. Only for Christmas. There's a Brian Posehn bit about like. Stuff my stocking, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Brian Posehn bit about how like the only, uh, the only time of year his wife lets him do it in the butt is on Jesus's birthday. So it's like, what's funnier than butt fucking on Jesus's birthday? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but I have his first, uh, the first 
Brian Posehn album on vinyl. Took a picture just beside B's, all the songs he hit the, with the metal dudes. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just out. fighting. So he reaches for the star on that tree. Well, it's great because you see the moment he kind of realizes that it's not working out for him, and he just kind of starts looking around almost like it's a cartoon skit. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? Oh, and he Cue grabs the, Benny the star. Hill music yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, he grabs the star yeah. right at the tree and pops the bag up. And right when Frank gets up to deck him, he just slices his throat. One perfect swipe. And he does a 360 and lands on his wife. <laughs> Very little blood sprays off his neck. You could have had a little more gore here. But, yeah. you know, I won't fault it because this isn't really necessarily a gore hound movie. But, and oh. she's too scared to scream, which is pretty cool. Oh, I thought it was because Frank's fat ass was, like, suffocating her. <laughs> I thought she was pinned under his lifeless corpse. <laughs> I thought she was just so scared that she couldn't scream. Uh yeah, yeah, I mean, I have to complain about the blood with him though. I just after that eye poke, the fact that like fucking stuff squirted out of that eyeball in the previous kill, I yeah. was kind of it's kind of weird that that kill's they so clean. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, imagine if he landed on her and she's like screaming, the blood's like spraying in her face. Yeah, but you know, again, it's not it's not necessarily a gore type of movie. That's why this movie, you know, it's kind of special. So I, I did, did look up the uh, the effects were done by Tom Broomberger. No who idea. also did the effects for Alone in the Dark and Don't oh, Go in the House. That's oh, weird because cool. I mentioned Alone in the Dark earlier. We were talking about the. I weird. believe Don't Go in the House <laughs> has come up at some point. That's the one where the guy tortured the women yeah. in that metal room in his house, right? We were talking about the soundtrack. Yeah, we were talking because that was scored by some guy who scored uh, Blood Rage. Yeah. Let's talk about last episode, episode five, Blood Rage. Check it out if you haven't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that happens. And then, but this is all still Christmas Eve. So it's implied after this, he goes and he take he does he spends the night in his van on top of a pile of stuffed animals <laughs> <laughs> in the cold, which we, which the toy factory doesn't make. So I'm not sure where he obtained said yeah. stuffed animals. Maybe he made those in his house because he it's made true. a lot. Of, he made the good stuff. He made the Santa suit. Yep, yeah. he's good with a needle and well, thread. He made all sorts of toys. That's thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's Christmas Day and we see Harry's brother watching the news, and this is where. Uh, the guy that looks like the poor man's Geraldo Rivera with the fucking insane mustache. Which, which I, I read like, was like, by design. Stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. It uh, was supposed like they were they were mimicking him, even though he wasn't like a national news anchor at the oh. time. He was uh, an anchor within within wherever they had filmed this. So they were like actively okay. trying to mimic Geraldo. Around New Jersey or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I love it. Good trivia. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brian. Um, and uh, <laughs> okay, the out really, that's those are my notes that he looked like he had. In, it says Nukes Caster has an incredible mustache, yeah. so you unload that in a beautiful way. But then, uh, it's like so John Oates. his brother Phil, Harry's brother Phil, gets in a fight with his wife about his brother Harry. Yeah, um, you know, like I. Yeah, I'm sure it's been years of like inviting him to things. He shows if, he, if he shows up, like the kids love him because he's childlike. Yeah, but he's also like obviously doesn't have his shit totally together. But he's the manager at his job. Because it's he like loves he's toys. makes money. He's so passionate about he toys. Might be obsessed about Christmas, but up until this point, I don't see any reason to get mad at him. Um, unless every year he brings up that you don't, you don't, you never believed in Santa Claus, like. If you get that argument every year. Maybe. Have we, have we, are we at the point, like, have we made it back to the toy factory yet? Mm, no, he goes there in a minute. I know okay. you're talking about when he just, but yeah. So, yeah, so we cut to Harry and he's sleeping in his van and he wakes up, he gets out of the van, realizes how fucking dirty his suit is. 
tries to rub it off and goes, ah, whatever. And then he goes to the factory to steal more toys, but then he doesn't steal them. No, this is this is the part that I really like, though. It's kind of in where we, you know, you were saying this isn't. It's kind of hard to define like what this movie is, you know. Yeah. It, but it's it's almost kind of a downer because it's like a mental health issue. Like, it is from start yeah. to fi- from start to finish. For sure, it is. But this is like where you definitely see like like his kind of like so psycho- like his psychosis, like where he starts the toy line, he gets up on the watch from overhead. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like he's conducting his elves who are not obviously there but yeah i don't know i really like that scene i thought it was cool yeah me too and they're all just breaking to hit the ground mm-hmm. well it, it's weird because he like, goes the line to pick up a toy see that's just you say like he was pretending there was elves there because like i took the scene as he was going back to get more gifts to steal to take the people on christmas right because he picks one up first in like a plane or something and the wing snaps off yeah and then he just turns on the line and breaks them all. So I thought it was almost like he was like, these cheap pieces of shit, fuck them. And like, right. break it. I was thinking more like he was saying, fuck you to his job. But I totally get what you're saying. Like, it's yeah. like he's it's so like he's far Saint gone. Nick. It's like he's, his he's Saint workshop. Nick overseeing the toy. Yeah, the workshop. That's cool. Ah, see, that's, that's. So then he's, that's in that way, he's like Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I never really thought of that. It's, like that. that's, that, this movie's cool. It's like, that's why I like this movie is it, it's fairly smart. I mean, it's a slow brew. I think that's why some people get turned off by it or they go into expecting it to be just a Santa just killing a bunch of people in right. a standard slash one, but it's not. It's more than that. Well, that's why the art for it's fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, this, yeah, this, it's I very, love it's Syndrome, very so misleading. Anyways, listen to this. I do love Anger Syndrome. I was a subscriber last year, but the Christmas Evil box art is fucking horrible. They didn't even splurge for the original art for the reverse like most of their titles. Looks like a shitty comic book. Well, and there was a slip cover on the first run. Even that's kind of like weird. Oh, it's like really? Santa's reflection in like an ornament, so it's all like fisheye lens distorted. It's like that's dumb too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, I would love to see them make a new slip cover next Black Friday. That'd be awesome. I'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Three sales I mean, the, right that here. doesn't do the film justice. The coolest cover is this uh, Terran Toyland VHS that Nate brought over. Yeah. That yeah. is fucking awesome similar with the reflection thing but it actually looks cool oh (laughs) (laughs) it's like that but not fucking dumb but if you did it cool (laughs) um so from there then the cops we go to the police station the cops have brought in every santa in town for an incredible santa lineup i mean did you notice the one that looks like an elderly charles manson Well, there's one dude who's, like, real slender and crazy tall. Like, that's, like, you know. And the fact that they're all still dressed up as Santa means that all those dudes were sleeping in vans all over the town. <laughs> <laughs> or in alleys or whatever. It's like they basically got done with their, like, their give shift. It, the kid, yeah, their shift as Santa. They went out on a bender, and they're just all being woken up by the police and brought in. And I don't know how big this town is supposed to be, but that's a lot of fucking Santas. The best, yeah, like in the line, one guy seen it, he goes, It was none of them! He had dark fur! <laughs> that's, that's like, the scene's over. Yeah. Um, and then Harry calls his brother, and he's talking about that tune again. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Um, and again, we are also very confused. I'm still confused having to watch the movie twice in the, in the last 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Really... Like, what would you even do with that? I mean, I've had fo- a couple phone calls in my life. One was... Someone who I later figured out was one of Emily's ex-boyfriends oh. who did have mental health problems and did jump into the Des Moines River. Ooh. But 
when he called, he just started in on stuff like that where he started talking about like, I know that like I'm getting a different read off of you that you maybe don't understand the vibe I'm putting out and I wanted to, you know, and you, and 20, you adjust your antenna and pick up a different vibe, man. 20 minutes in, you're just like, who the fuck am I even talking to? (laughs) But I screen printed at that time too. And I just had a headset in and I just let him keep going. I ended the call and then I like kept working for another half an hour and I was like, I'm going to call Emily. I think I know who that was. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like, what do you do when it's your brother? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, apparently Fucking knock him out cold. <laughs> this uh, is the only point where he's actually shown like he's slightly con- concerned or upset because he even almost starts crying. Yeah. Like the other time we talked to him on the phone, it was like he was, it was more annoying than anything. Yeah. Like, get your fucking ass to Thanksgiving dinner, you yeah. prick. Yeah. Uh, and after that call, then Harry decides to go out again. And um, it's night now. We jump ahead and it's Christmas evening now. And he's driving, and he gets his van stuck in a snowbank in a neighborhood. So then he gets out and just wanders the neighborhood for a while. So it's not even clear because that's where he was he- trying to go or not because he gets stuck. Yeah. He's like, I guess I'll wander around. And There's a lot of blow mold Santas on that street, by oh, the way. Oh, dude. I want one of those so bad. Do you know those are fucking crazy expensive yeah, now? Yeah, I was really? thinking about how much money those would cost. I thought they still made them. I feel like I saw them at Menards no. like a year ago, but apparently it's been no. like decades. Blow mold no shit. shit's like They're incredibly just expensive now. I, I was kind of thinking this year. I was like, I don't want to put a bunch of lights. Like, you know, it'd be fun to get something like that. And I was looking into it because I was like, I can probably, I bet Menards or Home Depot has one of those. And I couldn't find them anywhere. I was like, that's weird. I, wanted, I was like, I'm going to eBay. Yeah. 300 to 500 bucks. Yep. Damn. It's like, what? It's ridiculous. It's like I have. To look at the Christmas decorations when I start going to garage sales. From what I understand, a blow mold is like the same kind of stuff they would use to make like plates. Mm-hmm. I, I learned more about blow molds at one point. I was watching some toy thing, and they're like, "Well, you know, they can't afford to manufacture mass quantities of these certain toys if um, it's tying up their machines for something. They could just be knocking out plates and forks and whatever else, and yeah. in turn making way more money." Yeah. So if it's some seasonal object. I don't know. You can see them making that stuff again, though. Seems like they should. There's a really cool set that I saw. Um, I can't remember where I saw it, but it's it's probably from like this like mid '70s, and it's carolers. Um, but it's each caroler is indiv- is an individual blow mold with with its light, you know. And there's like the dad and the mom, and then like the two kids, you know. And each one of those is like you know 150, 200 dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. My, uh, my, when I, growing up, my family bought that snow build shit. Well, most, my mom was really into it. So she bought the like snow build things every year. And right. Some of those things that she had when we were kids, like are fucking like thousands of dollars. And I yeah. was like, what? Yeah. I remember we had like a little nativity set that she would get at. My mom would get out every year that had like little porcelain. Little porcelain guys. baby Jesus. Yeah. And just set them up by her <laughs> precious moments <laughs> and stuff. And she loved that shit. But she also had really cool Halloween decorations at the haunted house, porcelain haunted house that I have was hers. Nice. Next gen is going to collect little inflatable uh, <laughs> 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 ornaments <Yeah>. and houses. <laughs> uh, so he, so his car gets stuck and he starts wandering this neighborhood. And uh, these kids spot him like in this alley, which is weird. It looks like a suburban neighborhood. Then suddenly he's like in this alley, like downtown. He's scoping out the back, the stairs. Mm-hmm. Like he's someone maybe lives in there. He's going in there for some reason. But then before he can. Yeah, this kid spot him. Yeah. And, uh, and they're like with their parents. The kids all romp the sand. So, of course, he starts talking to him. He's going to give him gifts. But these parents 
are looking at him, and one of them's meeting like, it's fucking that dark fur, his fucking suit's dirty. Yeah. That's him, that's the guy. Oh, yeah. You know, they're yeah. get away from kids like, it's Santa. Daddy's got a switchblade. Yeah, daddy fucking is like, I'll take care of this. He starts walking towards him, pops his switchblade, yeah. and all the kids make a human shield <laughs> to protect Santa. And that yeah. dude, did he walk off the set of Dick Tracy? Like, <laughs> his prune yeah. face? Yeah. He'd be like prune faces guy. Oh, there is one good line I, I glossed over. The kids point out that his suit's dirty. And he's like, oh, there's a lot of pollution from me in the Nerf Bowl here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he <laughs> knows what to say. That's one of the better lines in the movie. Um, I thought it was really funny. There's a lot of pollution between here and the North Pole. But, uh, yeah, they make the human shield, and basically one of the kids takes the knife back from their dad. and Gives it to Santa. Gives it to Santa, and that's to get that sweet shot in the box. From his and then home. gets her dad shanked. Yeah. Right, not to death, <laughs> but he takes the knife. His own. And then the sweet little babe pulls her little decorative corsage off and stabs Harry in the face with it as he's yeah. running away. He's like, fuck! <laughs> yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden it becomes Frankenstein and all the adults suddenly have torches out of nowhere. I, I love that. Say that. <laughs> There's like, I just love the shots of like torches just like one right Coming after up. another. <laughs> They're ready. That's pretty wonderful. But uh, he gets his van unstuck and then he goes off for sanctuary at his brother Phil's house. <laughs> The last possible place for him to be. But that's when his brother opens the door and he's like, I knew it was you. Yeah. Like I'd been here, you know, he'd been hearing all these stories on the radio and TV about the killer Santa. And he just like knew it was his brother the whole time. And this is kind of the sobering moment of the film um, because Harry kind of the point he admits fault. He goes, you're right. I'm a failure. You know, that's yeah. like the first thing he says to him. Like after he opens the door. And he comes inside and, you know, the kids come down and, you know, Phil's like, take the kids upstairs. And he starts trying to have a serious talk with Harry. But then it just quickly dissolves into him just fucking strangling Harry and trying to kill him instead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Runs in the family, I guess. Not much of a conversation. Oh, but we get that little bit about the number. And he talks, he basically tells Phil he's doing it because of him. He's like, you were the first one. You didn't want Santa. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you're not going to put this shit on me. Yeah. He's like, you're me? Because he's like, I was six. Yeah. And then then he immediately is like, what am I going to do with this body? Fuck, we have to dispose of this body. (laughs) That seems Um, weird. And his wife comes back downstairs like, what the fuck? And he just like drags him outside and puts him back in the van. She doesn't say a thing. (laughs) Like, it's been a long time coming, I guess. But it's she, like, what's, his, what's the plan there? Is he going to drive the van off? If so, like, why do you put him in the front seat? Well, they do kind of set up a little bit. You're going to call the police, I guess? Yeah. Be like, he's outside. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know how he'd die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Choke, fuck, huh? Chokes every hot time. Dog. But I like when he wakes <laughs> yeah. up. Shut up. He's like kind of sitting there and he's like kind of like worked up and thinking about what the fuck he's with his brother, you know, Phil Sand outside the van and kind of in shock. And Harry just wakes up and. Boom. <laughs> it's like a yeah. Looney Tunes just punch right out the window. Yeah. Knocks. K-O. Yeah, and then he speeds off and Phil just chases Harry down. And this is where we're in the fucking climax here. Um, there we are. How good did that snow look when he fell down the hill, by the oh, way? Oh, dude, incredible. <laughs> um, but I think this ending is awesome. Speeding down the road in the van. Phil's chasing Harry's, Harry's van. The mob and their torches start coming like from the other direction. Harry weaves away from the mob and drives through the guard railing on the bridge. And it becomes this, like, bizarre art house surreal thing. And uh, the van takes off like Santa's slave reindeer and flies off into the night towards the moon. Yeah. You know, like, it turns upward. So it's, I mean, 
obviously he didn't really fly away. I mean, I, I, well, you know, I don't know. Agree I to think disagree. That, yeah, <laughs> I think this is the part that makes the movie because it cha- it completely changes the entire movie. He really me. is Santa. Like yeah. maybe these guys have all been fucking with Santa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. I, I keep on what you're saying, mental health and stuff. I I mean, it's like it's a psychosis. I think as he's plummeting to his death, you know, or dying in a horrible car accident. He's so far gone that he is like, because we have the preseason where he thinks there's deer and he's whipping him. It's like, right. no, he's fucking gone. Yeah. He really thinks, I'll just fucking take off and get away from these fuckers, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's weird. It's a sad ending. It's interesting. And it kind of reframes the movie a little bit, too. Like, on Joe Bob, they, the theory they put up was that, uh, or that someone had put up, I don't know if it was their theory necessarily, but some people think that, like, when he gets strangled, he gets killed. Oh, and that that's actually okay. him dying, and then the whole everything after that is just like his. I don't know how he can have an imagination if he's dead already. Well, your brain <laughs> floods with all that fluid when you die. And yeah, you like that, yeah. You know? the human head weighs eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> um, but so that's yeah. So that's the end of the movie. Um, I really think it's wonderful. What's uh, you under our frights? Sure. I watch it every year. Um, yeah. And I think about it often. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'll give it five. I would say that this is a five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I give it I give it five too. I think it's, I think this movie's fucking great. Um, like I say, I think people that that don't really love it or don't give enough credit, it's because they're looking for a different movie. They go to this thinking it's gonna be more like Silent Night, Deadly Night, or something, which is just a different and kind like, of movie. It's good. It's a really cool fi- like. This isn't. It's not just like a party movie. It's like this is a good fucking horror film. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of criminal that it just slid under the radar and Silent Night Deadly Night got way more praise when it came out. Yeah, because it was so controversial too. But um, the controversy worked for it. Where the controversy for this film kind of just killed the film. Well, it's it's also yeah, it was also before it, so it didn't have that ad campaign going. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it got a huge open. I don't think they opened it like they did with Silent Night, Deadly Night. It wasn't a national opening. They probably did like the East Coast first. It didn't really do well. Had a little drive-in run maybe. Um, But even 39 years after it was made, I mean, last year, I remember I showed it to my dad and brother for the first time. And I was like, just, it was so exciting watching them kind of like realizing what's happening. And then like knowing that ending was coming. Like if you're going to watch this with somebody and you, or if you haven't watched this movie, I hope this isn't the first you are hearing about it because, like, I don't want it to spoilers. But yes, yeah, that's what we do every. It's episode. almost forty <laughs> years old, or it is forty years old. If you haven't seen it by now and you're listening to this yeah. instead of yeah. watching it, then uh, you know it's not really a spoiler at that point. But just like I remember, I looked over at them instead of watching it just to see what their reaction was to the the van flying away, and it was just like, wow, it still works. It's still magical. Just like what? <laughs> How many frights do you give it? This Cody. is probably gonna piss Brian. you guys off, but like I'm on the opposite end, and not that I dislike it, but it just it bums me out. You know, it's kind of a bummer. Um, but that's why I also like the ending a lot, is because it brings th- the most ludicrous like whimsy uh, to it. So I don't know. I was gonna say like three, somewhere in the middle. You guys both went like went really high, and I don't know. Like I said, no, that's okay. Three's I just not think bad. I mean, most of these we've rated three. It's so kind far. of like for me, it was kind of a downer. Yeah, but that's that's why I like I like to think that the end that 
he did fucking take off. You know? <laughs> like, that's why I really like the ending. Is I think that that's, you know, it, it, it changes, it like reframes the entire thing, in my I opinion. Li- I like flicks that like make me feel something. So, you know, yeah. just, just like Maniac is a downer, mm-hmm. but it's still one of my favorite yeah. horror movies of all time just because it has so much mood and so much intensity. But then that can be taken too far, too. Right? Well, but, I, well I'm, and, that's, and I'm not saying I don't, you know, I. I don't like it or I dislike it. You well, yeah, know? It's like three, what you've said before. Good. Like, three's good. You know, yeah. rewatchability. Like, I would watch this once a year, but I probably wouldn't watch it more than that. Yeah. You know? I, um... I do watch it once a year. <laughs> but I right. would watch it more if right. someone said they hadn't watched it and they were at my house. Well, like what you are saying of Maniac, this movie, I think, go- is in that same kind of world. Uh, and, and I think that goes into, like, where I think people misunderstand it. They go into... This- looking at the box or reading it or whatever, like, oh, it's going to be the slasher movie with Santa. It's a Christmas slasher movie. It's not, though. Like, I mean, I think that's, this is more like Maniac. It's more about the psychosis of the killer. Right. You know, it's not, oh, this nameless guy's going to go kill people and you don't need any backstory. This whole movie is the killer story. And they both have that sort of, like, did that really happen thing at the end. Yeah. Um, and they uh, both came out the same year. I mean, I, I'm, I love right. the lead's performance. I, I mean, I, I really think, you know, Mr. Fiona Apple. And he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't in anything else? He was, he was one of the leads in the first few seasons of Sesame Street, I guess. Oh, right. You said that. Um, but I just think his performance is He's incredible. He's Big Bird. I mean, it, <laughs> it, makes, it makes the film, though, like, it's, there's not a ton of dialogue. But there is a lot of storytelling, and you still feel like there's a lot of character development, and you you get a read for the guy. I mean, you kind of see him fall apart and stuff. And it's, I like the fact that there's not a lot of dialogue, awesome. honestly. Yeah. It's part of what makes the movie just really unique. It's mm-hmm. cool, man. I really dig it. I mean, I would, if I was going to talk about Christmas horror movies, I mean, I would maybe just put this behind black Christmas as far as like my, my favorite, you know, Christmas horror films. I really, I, I mean, black one. Christmas is such a classic. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, do you include the Christmas horror movies in with just regular Christmas movies? What's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, do you have a favorite Christmas horror movie and then a favorite Christmas movie? Uh, it's hard to do that. Because <laughs> I put them all kind of in the same, like, movies or but movies. But you are going to sit down and watch this with your five-year-old, you know? No. <laughs> no. I think that's where, I think that's because, where it's kind of different. And, but it, that's just because he still believes in Santa Claus. As Fair. soon as he I, doesn't. There's too much thigh rubbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, there's a lot of stuff he wouldn't get. I did just watch, before I came over here, we watched Back to the Future again, which is the third time we've watched it. Part it's three. Still, it part was his favorite, though. Where he said we're watching two tomorrow and three tomorrow night. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to actually go. It'll probably be like <laughs> two tomorrow, three the day after. But they all pop back up on Netflix, which is always... Because when the kids want to watch something... It's hard to be like, okay, everyone just sit there while I go down in the basement and get it. <laughs> right. Because they all either follow me or they start doing something else. So if I've got them in that groove, I need to get the thing on the TV as fast as possible. My girls don't sit through movies unless they're animated. Like, they really like the My Little Pony movie and mm-hmm. Frozen and uh, Cars and, you know, that kind of shit. But Freddie will sit through, like, an actual movie. I don't know that he gets everything that's going on, but... Like, he seems interested. So I had to stop talking to him about aliens because he came up. Sarah, it was like 2 in the morning yeah, last Saturday. Out. Oh, he woke up. He had a nightmare that 
aliens blew up our house. Because he could, like, <laughs> so when we came, when, when I brought him over here for Halloween. Yeah. He got freaked out. On the out way home, it was sucker. dark. Uh-huh. And I was talking. Yeah, he was already a little scared from that. And I started talking about aliens for some reason. He's like, aliens don't exist. I'm like, well, some people think they do. He's like, well, I'm going to fly to space and I'm going to prove they don't exist. <laughs> but then You're that like, made me right, continue to hammer it a little. <laughs> over the next couple of weeks where I'm like, there's people that I go, there's people that think that they have been taken aboard spaceships and tested on and stuff. And I started getting probably more into it than I should have. You should have shown the unsolved mysteries episodes about alien abduction. Cause yeah. when I was a kid, those spooked me, man. Yeah. They'd show like the artist rendition of like aliens. Oh, and yeah. as a kid that scared the shit out. Yeah. Of me. Uh, anybody big weird fire in the sky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How fucking terrifying was that shit? Yeah. yeah. I saw that in the theater, man. That's, right. That was like my dad's favorite movie for a while. I still really like it. I think that's your dad's that, that a big guy's, DB Sweeney guy. That guy's pretty much full of shit, but it's still a cool story. Yep. Travis. What the fuck's his name? Bickle. Travis Bickle's the uh, <laughs> Robert that's, De Niro, that's taxi, the taxi driver. I almost said it. As that well. would be that'd be great if he got abducted. <laughs> yeah. What you fucking they, aliens doing, huh? They wouldn't have fucked with us again. <laughs> So if you're wanting to see this movie, yeah, that Vinegar Syndrome uh, Blu-ray, I do, I did get that too, even though I have the tapes, and I did watch the Joe Bob version, which yes. is probably that version because it played the little Vinegar Syndrome yeah. thing at the end. I've noticed Shutter's been getting more Vinegar Syndrome titles, which is cool. Yeah, that Joe Bob um, Christmas special this year was pretty great. Joe Bob Saves Christmas, check out on Shutter. I didn't get to watch it. Go check it out on Shutter. Then I haven't Brian. watched it yet. Is what I check meant it to out, say. Brian. Yeah. Sorry, I was watching a live concert. Also, get your Fright Zone shirts at uh, mediacrypt.bigcartel.com. I also have a limited The Running Man starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. If you have not seen that movie, see the movie. Do yourself a favor. But I think you've probably Brian. seen it. I'm killing. Got a long sleeve and a short sleeve, and it's up until the 2nd of January. Vestron video on the sleeve. Dias. Dias. <laughs> Dude, I saw a company today, I'm not going to name names, but they're doing a movie that's on Lightning Video, and it's got a fucking Vestron logo on the shirt they're doing. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck, man? I mean, the design's pretty cool. It's fucking amateur hour. But it's just like, I, I think that uh, they Listen did do carefully. Chopping Mall as, the, as a Vestron Blu-ray reboot type thing, but yeah. it was not a Vestron title. It was a Lightning Video title. Oops, did I just say what it was? <laughs> now you might know the company I'm talking about, but there's a, there's a lot of companies popping up. I think that might be number one in the Vestron Blu-ray release series because they're numbered oh, on the okay. spine, yeah. which is the only reason I feel the compulsion to buy all of them instead of buying just the tiles I want. Yeah. Fucking got me. Yeah, they figured it out. Yeah. Um, I can't have it jump. But that's like me. one or two. It's like one of the first ones they put out. Like that and Blood Dare, I think, were the first two. So that's pretty funny. So, so you're just saying that basically your shirt has the integrity of using the proper company's yes. logo. Is that where you're going with this? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it says Vestron on the entire left sleeve of the shirt. <laughs> it is a beautiful shirt printed with a bunch of nice inks on nice presses. It's even the correct Vestron logo to be the example that the would have been on the box. Logo. Yes. Yes. The little ball. It's more of a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they changed their tune. That's like a, that's more like waxwork style. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jingle bells. <laughs> uh, 
So Media Crips, one of our sponsors, our other sponsor, Franklin Plaza Barbershop, located here in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, any news from Franklin Plaza Barbershop, Hogan? Brian nope. Hogan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a... Any more hair splinters? Lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wore sandals all day. They're in my feet. That sounds kind of magical. <laughs> Jesus wore sandals. This is so we think. <laughs> he had a beard. Yep. Just like you. The Adams did have a beard. <laughs> Happy Gilmer. Yeah. So uh, that movie, I always got a kick out of the whole Bob Barker bean scene, but mostly because I don't know if you noticed, my mom was on Price Right when the showcase showdown. Mm-hmm. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> she stepped on Bob Barker's foot when she spun the wheel. She's like, oh. <laughs> sit back and he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Just like that? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh! <gasps> he goes, you stepped on my toe, child. My toe, my toe. <laughs> it's like the 80s period where his hair's like fucking shoe polish black. It might have been. So it's pretty great. My mom creams a sweet little old lady in the showcase showdown at the end. Like, and just fucking destroys her. And the lady looks like this has to be the last great thrill of her life. So, like, my mom, like, when you watch it, you want the old lady to win. My mom just pulverizes her. Yeah. <laughs> but sucks to be that lady. Yeah. Old and broke. <laughs> no new car. Ugh. No new kitchenette. Uh, I guess. Do we have anything else to talk about? Christmas time? Wrapping it it's up. It's Christmas time. Please sing us out. I don't know. That's, that's the only part I know. Oh. <laughs> I've been working on learning uh, Lonely Red Christmas today. I did. I'm going to tell my dad. That Michael Jackson again? You guys really need to listen to that. Because <laughs> listen to Tito and Jermaine and Marcel, whatever the fuck their names are, into the background. <laughs> They're like, no, Michael, don't. Like, you fucking narc. Well, yeah, maybe with the mental illness thing, like, you know, if you know somebody around this this time of year that's struggling with mental illness, like, give them a call randomly. Yeah, real You know, talk. call them at, like, 3 o'clock on a Tuesday and just be like, hey, man, hey, I was thinking up? about you. Happy just, holidays. Sometimes making human connections is, uh, it's not only hard during this whole pandemic, but uh, it's hard anyway. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. You know, make a little extra effort. That's a serious, uplifting... Uh, message at the end of this episode this very jolly episode of the fright zone yeah um thanks for listening everyone's listening this is our last episode of this year uh technically you could say our first season then um we'll be back in january uh one episode a month is the goal at least one episode a month um for the new year so thanks for listening like and subscribe on instagram at fright zone podcast our website's the fright zone.com and uh stay spooky <laughs> <laughs> Stay jolly. Oh, oh. no presents for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>